This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe, talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, gents, where do we start with Saturday afternoon? Uh, pretty disappointing to say the least, but before we uh, take a deep dive into everything regarding that game, I'll introduce you all. So, uh, Ross, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, it was a nice weekend until up to them at 90 minutes, but uh, we move on, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll certainly... Definitely be keen to move on after this little segment, but yeah, it was it was just difficult, weren't it, Joe? And uh, I'm sure you'll be keen to move on yourself from what was a disappointing afternoon in Wigan. Yeah, it was just yeah, it's uh, not not been the best of weeks. Uh, I, I guess we can uh, I could, can say that. Yeah, especially after uh, well, I mean, I mean, admittedly, I said we would hammer Wigan four uh, one, and we uh, ended up getting a taken hammering ourselves. Uh, yeah, really disappointing and um, 3 0 defeat, of course, uh, against well, of course, the league table lies, but you know, in this case, I'd, we were just poor. We, we, were, sorry, we were the bottom team in the league and they were, you know, more towards mid table. Um, you know, the first goal, I don't know what's going on. Players just ball watching and then easy header. Second goal, Fraser trying to create something out of nothing and players are not offering options and then gets to take the ball off him and an easy header for Lang. Um, and the third goal, yes, as bad defending, to be honest. Uh, pass back from Sermon, which was dangerous as hell. And him and Darlin were on the same wavelength for that pass again. Um, and then Fisher wasn't really left with much choice what to do there. Um, and of course, the goal goes in. Uh, yeah, and Don didn't really do much else to uh, combat that. So, yeah, pretty disappointing. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of thoughts on this, as, as I know you guys do as well, the listeners. So, I pass it over to Ross first. Uh, what were your thoughts on the performance on Saturday? It's just disappointed overall. It was afternoon to forget. Um, I felt throughout the 90 minutes we just lacked any real urgency, especially when we went 1-0 down. Um, we were cruising and such, passing the ball um, around the back with no intention of trying to push for that uh, equaliser. Um, 
But I think it all started, and Russ um, mentioned it in his post-match with the starting eleven. It just wasn't wasn't suited for that sort of game. And fair play to Russ. He's took the uh, loss and he said it's on him. But I feel like this is time and place for the players to uh, count some responsibility for the loss and stand up and be counted. And I feel to somewhat degree, Louis said that. Um, but I'm not defending that result one bit um, at all. And I believe it's one win in five now. Short term, it's not looking great. But at the start of this season, I've always said it was about progress and we have made progress. And I'm not sure what the social media comments were like. I, I um, had a bit of a break from social media this weekend, but I can imagine it being negative uh, with obviously it being Milton Keynes fans. Um, but yeah, as I say, I don't know what's been said. And um, I feel like there's no point calling out individuals. And it's just time to roll up the sleeves and get as many points as possible in these last few months of the season. Yeah, it was a good weekend to take a break on social media for us, that's for sure. Because, uh, yeah, we saw some pretty, uh, well, interesting comments, we'll say. Um, but luckily, uh, the people that responded to us, on a whole, were, were pretty were pretty uh, sane in their comments and took the game in reflection. Um, yeah, you're right. It, there probably isn't a point in identifying identify individuals, but... I do agree with you in the fact that players should take responsibility for their actions. I feel like some of them on the pitch on Saturday just didn't care or didn't show they cared. Um, just didn't have the same intensity and the passion that they showed even a few weeks ago. And that's really poor, in my opinion. That's I think that's the number one thing you should have. Even if you lose the game, so long as you're actually showing you want to win it in the first place, is the number one thing for me. And to not be able to see that in some of the players yesterday is yeah I wasn't impressed and I'm hoping that yes Russ said he got the selection wrong fine but as you said it's up to them players to step up and be counted and they just didn't and I, I was really poor I was really unimpressed to be honest and uh Joe what were your what were your thoughts on Saturday yeah I think it's just like you you know I agree with pretty much what what you guys have said it was I thought it was a weird game because they it wasn't as if they were absolutely barraging us with attacks and we were camped in our own half. Um, I actually looked at, um, on SofaScore, it, it shows you um, the thirds in which the game the game is played. And um, the game was actually played 33% in, in the Wigan third and 42% in the central third. So our, our own third, um, you know, it, it, it was only played in by 25%, which is the least least out of all the... The areas of the pitch, and I think that just shows you know, we we actually we, we had a lot of the ball, but we just didn't really do anything with it. And pretty much every attack Wigan had, they 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 didn't have to work that hard for their goals, whereas we were just labouring away. And it, I, you know, it just didn't really look like we were going to score. I think the only moment where we looked pretty good was sort of five ten minutes leading up to half time, and I think that's the most disappointing thing was almost how easy it was for Wigan to score three goals because I don't think they had to do anything special or anything, you know, like anything technically amazing or any great massive plan. It was just, just, just soft and poor. And it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it is quite upsetting, especially after Gillingham where you have to say that the goals are in, in a way similar in the fact that, 
Gillingham didn't necessarily have to do anything, anything special. It was almost handed to them. They just they were just waiting for us to make a mistake, and when we did, it was pounced upon. And it's weird to think that this is a game where we had double the shots. Uh, we hit the we hit the woodwork twice, and you know, and there were shouts for a penalty. But to be honest, it you know, I, I like I say, I don't really. It just seemed a bit flat, and I did not really think we were actually going to score on Saturday. Just even even like after I've given you know those 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 statistics, you'd have thought that you know we'd be in with a shot, but it just didn't didn't seem like that. And that that's the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah. I was just frustrated by the lack of intensity. Like, well, yeah, play, exactly. yeah, it's play that style of football. Like, the only way to counter the press is to play high pace football. And you've got these players who are just just not doing it. I don't know if that's by instruction or whether that's by choice. I hope it's I hope it's the, the former. Um, but either way, it needs to be changed, and we need to see a reaction because it's been going on for too long now. What's that? We've, I think this the past like four or five games, we did three goals in three of them. That's not sustainable, and it has to change. And I'm sure they know that. Um, they'd be be crazy not to, in my opinion. Um, but you know, it's easy one. It's easy thing saying that. It's one thing doing it right, and clearly they're struggling at that at the moment. Um, but hey, you got to have faith, and you've got to just keep plugging away, and hopefully, hopefully Blackpool on Tuesday is when they do that. So. Um, as mentioned, we asked for your guys' thoughts on it just to see what you guys are thinking and we could maybe comment on some of your thoughts and, well, to see what you thought. And, yeah, so we'll kick off with that. Um, we'll start with Robbie, uh, Robbie M um, 4 on Twitter. He said, um, you know, he seems he thinks it's a pattern emerging with the uh, aerial defensive actions in our box. And, yeah, it's not, it's not the first game it's happening uh, in um, of the Oxford equaliser and then the first two against Wigan. Uh, this is men and marks to just head the ball home, quite frankly. Um, and you mentioned about uh, balls being slung into the box, left, right, and centre. Um, and then, but he said, even with that, the, the, the three goals came yesterday, the three key moments are very, very clinical. And um, and as you mentioned, Joe, you know, with the pen and the hitting the woodwork several times, you could have easily got a point from that game. So, in a summary, put it's just not our day. Um, and emerging start with our bad runs, which just shows growth. So we'll focus on the first comment regarding the aerial duels. Uh, Ross, do what's your thoughts on that? Is that an emerging issue for you, or do you think that's just coincidence? Um, it's certainly not an issue we need to address, um, which, or which is too concerning as such. But I do feel like Russ needs to improve the side because of a lot of teams in this side like the physical approach. And they don't play the fancy football like we do out the back. And we saw it against Jules especially. Um, we struggle airily. And we've obviously Darling, O'Hora and Louis. Louis's not as uh, mobile in the air, but um, with the other two, I feel like they need to improve. And when it comes to a set pieces especially, we struggle um, quite a fair bit in my eyes. And I feel like if we look back six months ago, that's why I think fans like Willow, because he was good in the air. Keo, yeah, um, less we speak about it, the better. Um, but I feel overall, it's not something I'd, which needs to be addressed, as I say. I think we need to cut out the individual mistakes first. That they'd be my key problems. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that stood out to me from that, in that particular comment, 
um, from Robbie was the first goal against Wigan with O'Hora. I'm not sure whether he intended to head it back across the box, but, you know, I'd say a more experienced defender, which may, Warren is, isn't that admittedly just yet, but a more experienced defender would just put that away for a corner rather than heading it back across the box where, you know, what happened on Saturday could happen in terms of the player just has a free header and unfortunately you've got two players who are near him but not exactly close enough to stop the action. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say it's a, an emerging issue. I just feel it's more of a situation thing that with better with better game management, better situation sort of marking, that'll be taken care of sort of by nature. Um, but, hey, I mean, people might think differently. I mean, Joe, what's your thoughts on the aerial draw situation? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a weird one because I don't think we're necessarily getting bullied in the air as such you know if you look at like you say it's it's I think some of it's just a bit of nous a bit of nous and experience because Harry Darling Warren O'Hara Dean Lewington they're they're decent in the air you know we're not I don't feel it, but if you actually look at the couple of the goals from um from Saturday and also think back to the Shrewsbury game what was a bit more of an issue was it was almost as if people didn't realize who was picking up who because their first goal was an unmarked header from about 13, 14 yards. And yeah, it was a hell of a header. But you know, if you've got if you've got that much time, you can tend to, you know, take your time, pick your spot, and you know, and, and that's what he did. And then against Shrewsbury, we said we said it's absolutely unbelievable, but the, the guys had time to take the ball down and then slot it in. So I think some I think because crosses have been an area of concern and I think it's just maybe a bit of communication. And I think that's the sort of thing that, you know, we've got to forget, like we can't forget Harry Darlin's played, what, less than 10 games in central de- centre of defence. Warren O'Hara, first senior season. Um, and I think sometimes that it, it almost takes instances like these to, 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 because to, when it's working well, it's working well and you don't tend to change much. But sometimes, you know, you need this sort of thing to happen to actually improve moving forward. And maybe maybe we may have got away with it in previous games, um, but obviously the uh, past few games we haven't. So I, I think, I think communication is quite a key one for me. Yeah, definitely. And, well, the past few games, we've seen it with the pivot and the central centre-back, which is typically Harry Darling. There's little errors in there that this is can't be happening uh, going forward. And the one fortunate thing, I suppose, that's happening now, as opposed to when we're maybe fighting for something. Um, but either way, it's not acceptable and it needs to be sorted out very quickly. Um, and it's just simple things. I think you, you, you learn on the training ground and unfortunately, we haven't got too much time on the training ground to um, spend on that right now. But yeah, it's just a bit unfortunate. Um, the next point I want to address is from at Westerbuck, who what was speaking about the just general pausing before action. So players, like he pointed out Laird, but I didn't think Laird was actually that bad at it on Saturday. Maybe I've just missed that completely. Um, but, you know, Jay, you mentioned about players going into the box and not really doing much with the ball, not, really, not causing an action. Um is that an issue? I mean, it felt like to me yesterday that or Saturday that it happened a lot more than it had some previously. And I don't know whether that was players waiting for someone to do something or they just, just weren't sure what to do themselves. So what are your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I think um, when because I think one thing that was apparent was we were getting into good areas on Saturday. It wasn't as if we were just passing around, you know, passing it around the the halfway line because that just wasn't the case. And you can, you know, as I mentioned with the um, the play areas highlighted, it's it it wasn't as if we were just playing around for fun and we were getting into dangerous areas. But yeah, we just didn't have it. It was that incisiveness and. I think you know Ethan Laird. If you, if you just want to mention him, he he set up four of the sixteen shots which we actually had. So yeah, I think that's a bit harsh on Laird, and especially as he he also had a couple of shots cut inside, went close with a couple of efforts. So I think Laird was, yeah, his quality may not have been there as as best as we have seen it, um, but I thought he he was at least giving it a go. I was with Jules. I thought Jules got himself into some absolutely fantastic positions, but often his cross was blocked or he just sort of ran out of space and had to pass back. And I think with Jules, I mean, we've, we've said it before, he's a centre-back playing at left wing-back. And, you know, it's obviously something, whether it's just plugging a gap for now or whether it's maybe just a part of a longer-term thing, we don't know. But maybe he just doesn't have that, you know, that that know-how that uh, a winger or, you know, a striker might have had in that situation where, you know, you're getting a shot off quickly. Um, so I think it's, it's it's maybe just who's actually getting into those situations. I mean, I remember we would we were saying maybe three, four months ago that, you know, the likes of Sorinola and it was like Sorinola and Regan Paul. And Regan Paul's a guy that used to play centre-back. And, you know, we, 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 we said at times, you can tell he, he used to play centre-back. So I think it's just maybe it's just personnel because I thought I mean I didn't think Harvey was great at all and I don't really have any complaints with him being substituted, but I think yeah it's it's, it's Jules is learning the rule, uh, learning the role and I think it's just it's just one of them things that's going to take some a bit of time. Yeah, and you could easily point out communication again. Um, you know, are these players talking up on the Definitely. pitch? Um, and again, that comes down to work on a training ground, which we don't have right now. And yeah, it's just basically we don't have enough time to do certain things. And that's very evident right now. The next point um, I want to touch upon was from uh, Matt Lazenby or Matt Laz1. Uh, and he spoke about, um, in his opinion, uh, a sort of lack of evident aggression from the back three and the midfield. Um, I want to focus on midfield a bit more because I feel we talk about the back three a lot already. Um, so, Ross, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel the midfield three um, show enough sort of bite and maybe a bit of grit in games, especially recently, where they, or do you think they should be adding a bit more to that? It's a strange one because of it's, it's the difference between a bit of... On Saturday, it was a difference between urgency and aggression. I'd wanted more a bit of urgency in that midfield, move the ball quicker, get a bit more, get the ball moving and using utilising the wing-backs. But um, in previous games, we've had that aggression, but we haven't had... Uh, no, sorry, we've had that aggression, but we haven't really had that urgency. So it works in both favours. But overall, I think it's quite harsh if you're saying they're not being aggressive because of... We speak about Fraser, probably one of the best players in his position in the league. Then Matt O'Reilly, but them two players aren't brought into the side for their aggression. They're brought into for different outlets going forward. If we're looking at Sermon, I understand you need a bit of aggression in that role, and maybe that's something which Sermon lacks. But 
he hasn't got to the top of the level of the Prem for no reason. And I believe saying the aggre- we haven't got any aggression in the side or in that midfield as such is a bit um, it's a bit cruel as such because of um, I don't feel like especially with Darling um, covering Sermon quite a bit. I feel like um, Darling carries that aggression a bit more. So he overtakes Sermon. So overall, I feel like you don't need as much aggression in that midfield as what people make out to be. Okay, interesting. I mean, I'll go I'll pass it to you, Joe, next. And obviously we saw uh, Louis Thompson go back to the midfield, uh, well, back to the bench, sorry, um, on Saturday. And he's been a player who's been really aggressive in terms of wanting to win the ball back and be that box-to-box midfielder in our midfield. So is there a chance for you that you'd bring him straight back in uh, to the team? Or would you maybe look somewhere else in terms of the midfield if you thought the aggression was needed? Um, yeah, I think with aggression, I think the aggression comes in... I think aggression and intensity sort of go hand-in-hand. Hand or, 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 And I think that it is a quite... A, an important part of our game, but it's it's more to do with you know as soon as we lose the ball, I think there needs to be one thing. Kasumu was amazing at was his tactical fouls. You know he he just takes someone out, take the yellow card, and and almost you know we wouldn't then concede on the the um you know on the on the counter attack or something if we turn over the ball if we get the ball t- turned over. And I think that one thing that it just didn't seem like it. it didn't seem like everyone was completely busting the gut if we lost the ball and I think that perhaps we need um, you know, just that little bit of you know being being you know being tough to play against because like I say earlier um, the, 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 the weekend goals were just easy the Gillingham goals were just easy and so I think the Shrewsbury ones were as well. They were just, you know, they didn't have to work hard for them. And that's the frustrating thing because we know what we can do. But when you're giving teams head starts, you know, we've gone away to Gillingham and Shrewsbury and we've scored two goals away at each. You, sh- you should be coming away with at least a point, but we, we didn't in either. And um, yeah, so I think aggression and I think it's more intensity rather than aggression and just, you know, it, we to, to make a game competitive, it doesn't matter if you've got the the skill, but if you're not matching the effort and the intensity shown by the other team, then I don't think you you know you're going to struggle. Yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah, if you're not showing intensity, you don't deserve to win football games. And mentioned this before, if no entitlement with this done squad, you shouldn't be like thinking you should be winning games based off referee decisions not going your way or hitting the bar, or hitting the post, xg, whatever. It's just on effort and hard work and fighting for every ball, win every 50-50. And that team didn't do that. And that's why they lost the game. Um, and of course, Wigan were clinical and the, the, the gifted chance to be gave them because all three of the goals, just as Joe said, didn't work for us. Poor, it's poor. Okay, so the last question that I wanted to touch on from you guys' comments uh, is actually on the midfield again. Um, it's from a personnel change this time. Um, and it's actually on uh, Lassa Sorensen, a player who we haven't really seen in the picture for a little while now. Uh, but Jonathan Bennington sort of mentioned how when Kasimi got injured in December, we saw how uh, Sorensen and Sermon played in front of the back three and actually offered them a lot more protection and it's kind of saw a, a little mini revival in form. So his question was, uh, should Sorensen be brought back into the team to help do that purpose and help protect the back three again? 
Um, because of course Thompson's just got back and Kasumi is still injured, so there's every chance that you know, he might be needed in terms of numbers. So I pass it over to you, Ross, first. Uh, what's your thoughts on Lata Sorens coming back into the uh frame? Yeah, I feel like we've got loads of options in that midfield. Um, with obviously Thompson, Gladwin, you, you can name the rest of them. Um, but I feel like when we've watched Martin pre match and post match, he hasn't mentioned Sorensen, so I don't feel like he's in his plans. And I feel like, um, especially um, prior to the Wigan game, um, he kept just mentioning about Kasumu. And for an injured player to uh, to be mentioned over uh, someone who's um, fit and he's ready to go in Sorensen, who's training all the time, I think it says something in itself. Um, but I, I won't rule it out because of, obviously, Sorensen, from what we've seen of him, he's had spells where he's... Pro- uh, he was promising in that position. And he's a hard-working individual. But with obviously Louis Thompson coming back in the fold, I'd like to see Thompson in there now. And uh, if we're going to change anything, it'll be Louis Thompson back into the fold. Yeah, I mean, Joe, you agree with that? Do you reckon it's Thompson over Sorensen? Yeah, I, I definitely think that Sorensen's maybe, you know, dropped down the pecking order a bit. I think just one thing that, you know, we mentioned that, you know, Sermon and Lasser, um, in the same team, it, it is does make us more solid, correct. But I also remember that at that time, we weren't scoring many goals at all. You know, it, it almost seems we've got a bit of the opposite problem now, where, because we were keeping a few clean sheets and keeping it tight, but now it seems we are scoring plenty of goals. I think we've got the most in the league in the last eight, 10 and 12 games, something like that. I know that was correct before the Wigan game. Um, and so, so, so we're up there for scoring, but I'd, I'd probably say we're probably up there for conceding goals as well. And I think that, you know, I think that scoring goals is probably harder than trying to, because, you know, when a new manager goes into a team, the first thing to do, they sort of, the first thing they do is they tighten everything up, sort the defence out, because that's the easiest thing to do. So I think I'd much rather have it this way, where we are scoring, we are creating chances. Um, and then we just need to make tweaks at the back, like as we've mentioned, to hopefully get some sort of uh, co- cohesion at the back there. Yeah, um, I can't really disagree with those comments. Uh, and uh, Lassa, we've seen Lassa briefly after that period, and he hasn't been the same player, in my opinion. Um, it's a shame. You know, he's a young player. He needs his opportunities on the pitch, but unfortunately, the situation he finds himself in at the moment isn't exactly ideal for him. Um, but hey, if this continues, uh, which hopefully but he doesn't, um, but if it does, then every chance he gets back into the team and every chance he gets the opportunity to show what he's about again, and who knows? Um, but for now, yeah, I think with Louis and hopefully Kaz back very soon, um, they'll definitely get chances over him in the midfield. Okay, that's enough about Wigan. Um, so let's focus on um, Blackpool on Tuesday after this short break. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, so after a pretty disappointing performance on Saturday, uh, Dons will look back to return to home soil and a run of home games, actually, and starting off with Blackpool on Tuesday night. So I'll be taking you through uh, Blackpool in terms of a a guide on them, uh, essentially. So league form for Blackpool in general this season... uh, Currently sit mid-table, 12 to be exact, so slap bang in the middle. Uh, 45 points, 
13 wins, uh, six draws and 10 losses. And overall, not too many goals in their games. Uh, 35 goals scored and only 28 conceded, which is actually the joint best uh, goal conceded record in the league. Uh, alongside two other defences, please one is posh and I've forgot the other one. Um, but yeah, so pretty good defence. Um, and yeah, it's going to be tough to get past them for sure. And that's reflected in their way uh, form as well. Uh, ninth out of 24 teams for away form. Uh, six wins, three draws and seven losses. Uh, 19 goals scored, uh, 16 conceded. Recent form for Blackpool. Again, very impressive. Uh, the last eight games, they've won five, uh, drew the last two games to our good friends AFC and crew, and then lost the once to Ipswich prior to Paul Cook. Uh, that puts them uh, fourth in the form table over the last eight, and currently the Dons sit 11th in the form table in the last eight. So last time we went up to Bloomfield Road earlier in the season, uh, lost 1-0. Uh, from what I remember, pretty poor performance where we weren't great, quite frankly, going forward. Um, also believe it Fish's first start actually in goal. So, but the game script could go very similar to what happened uh, back then at Bloomfield Road, where Paul just tend to sit back and counter us, and that led to their goal from Kai Kai, where Don lost the ball possession, cross came in from the wing, and Kai Kai wasn't closed down and put the chance away. So, how uh, Blackpool set up is typically, well, typically it was a four-three-three. Um, but Tuesday, we actually saw them go for 4 4 2. And since they've done that, they've only lost uh, two out of the 15 games. They've utilized that formation. So it seems to be the 4 4 2 or the move to the 4 4 2 has been very effective for them. Uh, and regardless of formation change, it's been the same combinations of players that have been causing teams problems in Yates, uh, Kai Kai, um, CJ Hamilton, and uh, recently Mitchell as well. Um, as mentioned, they're a fairly non-aggressive team, so they'll pretty much allow us to keep the ball and uh, wait to capitalise on, hopefully, not our mistakes, but if they happen, our mistakes. And that seems to be a common theme this season. Um, so trigger pressing, as we've called it previously on the podcast, seems to be their motto. And when they do attack, it's down the right-hand side, but like Wigan. Um, that's occupied now by CJ Hamilton. Uh, previously, in the other meeting we had this season, it's on the left-hand side versus Hamilton, but since the introduction of uh, Mitchell, he's moved over to the right wing and he's as effective as he was then. A really pacey player who has an eye for a goal for sure of his five goals this season. So, Ross, uh, I'll pass you over to some key players. Um, obviously, got a few myself, but I'm sure you mentioned some of them. So, here are some key players you're looking out for on Tuesday night. Well, I know um, Blackpool, along their back line, struggled with um, injuries to certain individuals. And um, I believe Daniel Ballard, the youngster, only 21, Arsenal loney. Um, he's really start, starting to succeed um, in this Blackpool side. Um, he was at the start, start of the season, constantly playing. And then obviously, um, I believe, I can't remember the name of the centre-back um, who overtook him in the squad was. Um, but yeah, Ballard, as I say, he's, he's, he's a very much a solid defender. He's won 66% of his ground duels this season. Um, he's averaging six clearances a game and two tackles. And I'll, from what I've heard from Blackpool fans, he's developing into a very good centre-half and someone who I expect to exceed at high levels in my eyes. Um, and then the other the other main man was uh, Jerry Yates up top. 11 goals and three assists this season. Um, 
and he started 25. So he is a pivotal player in this Blackpool side. And it'd be interesting to see how our defence uh, copes with them. Yeah, I believe centre-back you're referring to was Fornally, um, who's come in. Obviously, it was him and uh, Ekpieta, but Ekpieta got injured, as you mentioned. So, yeah, uh, Saturday saw Ballard and Fornally play in the 1-1 draw against AFC Wimbledon. Uh, only a player I mentioned was uh, Dimitri Mitchell, um, of course, former Man United youngster. Uh, typically, he had been playing left-back for uh, Paul, but he actually played a bit more advanced on Saturday against AFC and played left mid and actually had his best game for them. Uh, I believe he got man of the match there as well. So that's Tom gets most minutes uh, in the season and, and of course, the man actually his best game. So it could be interesting to see who plays over him or Kai Kai on that left-hand side. Um, either way, they're both the cause of problems. And Mitchell's excellent dribbler of the ball. And uh, as we saw from the previous meeting, Kai Kai has an eye for goal as well. So yeah, pretty menacing uh, front three, and then if they play Medine as well at front with Yates in front four, that I'm sure will keep our defence busy. So, Joe, what were your any extra thoughts you have on the game heading into Tuesday night? Yeah, I think one thing you've mentioned about is you know, obviously, you've got like CJ Hamilton, Kai Kai, and Dimitri Mitchell. And you mentioned you know, their goal came on the counter attack last time, and I just think we just got to be careful with over committing. On the, on the wings in Jules Laird, well, whoever's going to be on the wings. But I think um, we just got, if we are, if our wing backs are going high, we've just got to make sure that maybe O'Reilly and Fraser are coming back in to cover their positions. As I feel that, as, as you say, they've got the pace to exploit us. And especially on the counter attack with um, Ellis Sims on loan from Everton, I believe um, he, he's got three goals in six games. So, you know, recent pickup starting to find his feet. And um, one other thing, Blackpool, you know, they're in 12th, or only in 12th. But the the thing is, they've actually played the least amount of games in the division. So if they actually win a couple of their games in hand, they're they're right up there in the playoff picture. And in terms of points per game, they're probably, you know, one of the top six or seven sides in the league. So I I think um, we need to just be, just just remember that, that, um, you know, their league position... doesn't isn't really reflective of how good they actually are. Yeah, he form at the right side. And if yeah, Saturday has taught us anything, leap position doesn't mean Jack uh, in the moment. That's for sure. And uh yeah, we've got our, every game in the league one's competitive and this one definitely will be for sure. So uh gents moving to our starting elevens, our predictive ones at least. Uh, and as always, still done over on FanHub, and we're very pleased to see more, more, and more fans, more Don's fans come onto FanHub. And um, of course, uh, Max is now the top Don after taking over Nick. So well done to Max. Uh, of course, we'll all try to try and uh, dethrone Max's position. So, Ross, what's the lineup you've gone with to uh, start Tuesday night? Yeah, I've I've gone with one surprising change, um, and then. Uh, well, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I've gone with Fisher in goal, and then I've gone with the same back back three. Um, don't feel like we've got anyone else in the squad to uh, warrant to start in that centre-half position or anywhere along that back line, to be frankly honest. And then I've gone with Laird and Jules. Um, obviously, Martin's mentioned about Harvey not being fit or up to match fitness as such. Um, and same as Houghton. So that's why I've gone with Sermon in that deeper role. Um, I'm not sure what you two boys thought of O'Reilly at the weekend. I felt I felt he looked a bit tired and a bit fatigued um, going forward. So I've dropped him out. And here's a surprise. I've gone with Josh McEagan. 
um, to start alongside Fraser. I just feel maybe have that bit of freshness um, in that midfield could um, could just keep us going against this Blackpool side because they're going to be constantly on us. And I feel like if we have any fatigue in this squad, uh, they're just going to capitalise on it and punish us. Um, and then up front, I've gone with um, Brown and Mason. The reason why I haven't picked Jerome is because of we're starting to see Jerome, um, he's not having back-to-back games anymore. Um, I'm not sure whether he's struggling to deal with with the um, the matches, Tuesdays, Saturdays. I don't know what it is. Martin hasn't really said. I feel like, yeah, keep it fresh up top once again. And um, I don't feel like Mason had a bad game at the weekend, um, to be quite frankly honest, also. And then I've gone Brown just to keep things fresh, as I say. Yeah, like it. Interesting in Baquette, Karen. Um I think I personally, I'll go my next. I personally have put Jerome up front. Um, of course, he didn't start on Saturday. It was Mason and Grigg. Um, so I've gone with a full fresh front two of Brown and Jerome. Um, only ever change, well, I, I've got my go mine through fully, I suppose. I've, so same goalkeeper, same back three, um, same wing backs in there than Jules. Uh, I've gone Louis Thompson in the pivot. Um, I just can't watch Andrew Sermon play pivot again. It for every every good pass he makes, as soon as he makes a mistake, it seems to be a goal at the moment, which is really frustrating because we know the quality he can bring on the pitch and isn't a personal attack on him, it's just how it's going at the moment. So I can't play him. Um I've had to put Thompson there um until Cass is back. And then I've got Fraser and O'Reilly again. Um yeah, I agree. I I wasn't that impressed with O'Reilly and he maybe is fatigue. Um but I feel he'll just play him because um, the, they're the two best midfielders technically in the squad. Um, maybe we maybe we even see Louis Thompson play O'Reilly for all and we see someone else drop back into the pivot. But I've gone with Thompson, Fraser and O'Reilly as the three. And it has mentioned um, Brown and Jerome at front. I want to see that combination um, and I feel it could work quite well. So, uh, Joe, uh, how different is your lineup to mine and Ross's? Uh, a few little tweaks and changes in there. Um I've gone for fishing goal. I've gone for Warren O'Hora, Harry Darling, um, Dean Lewington and defence. Um, I've gone for Ethan Laird as usual and I've gone for Zach Jules again. Um, I think that um, I just I think maybe Harvard just needs a bit of time. Um, I've gone for I've actually changed Sermon from the pivot. I thought Sermon in possession he looked okay but there's just a few like you say there's been a few moments in recent games where I'd like to see a change and I've gone for Louis Thompson I love Louis Thompson I think he's if he if he's fit he starts um, so obviously there is that big asterisk of whether he is fit and if he does start I don't think he'll play the whole game and then I've gone with Matt O'Reilly and Scott Fraser I think with Matt O'Reilly I think a lot of the time he's he always does try things and he's never quiet but maybe perhaps the 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 consistency isn't always there, but I think that's what you're going to get with a 19, 20-year-old. And I think it will come. And we've seen some real flashes of brilliance. So I think, you know, maybe sometimes you just you just need that sort of player and just keep playing him. Um, and then I've gone for Jerome and Mason up front. I think, you know, they're the ever-reliable. Um, I think with Jerome not starting on um, Saturday, I think that's telling us that Jerome will be starting today. And again, I, I like Mason. I think he does a good job. I think he links play well. And 
I, I, I think Jerome and Mason have a good, quite a good understanding. Yeah, no, don't disagree with Jerome Mason at front. Uh, it's a partnership that's worked in the past, and I'm sure it'll work again. Uh, I don't know. I just like Chaz Brown. It's something about him. Maybe it's a bit too soon to start him again, um, but I'll take I'll take a risk and say he starts with Jerome. Um, okay, score predictions. Uh, Joe, what's the score prediction looking like for Saturday? Uh, Saturday, uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna. I want to say we'll stop the rot, and I like you say it's gonna be low scoring. I'm going one all. Okay, um, I've also gone one all. Um, oh, I think it, it'd be a good point. I think it'd really be a good point. Blackpool, uh, on the back teams of the league at the moment, it was pretty, uh, pretty unfortunate result for them on the weekend. Uh, they probably felt they deserved more. Um, and they've got the players to deserve more. And if, if we can hopefully cut out the volume of mistakes we uh, have been having at the moment, I think we've got every chance to get a point here. So, yeah, well, one for me, well, one for Joe. Uh, Ross, are you completing the hat trick or are you going with something different? Um, oh, yeah, I'm on the fence a little bit. I feel um, last month we had a tough month playing all the teams in the, um, in the top six. I think it was Hull, Sunderland, um, Oxford previously. And we've got something something out of them games. And I feel we turn up against big sides and it suits our game. So um, I do believe we're going to get something out of this game. And uh, just to make it interesting, uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Dons victory. Uh, to si- to silence, to silence away, all the uh, doubters. Well, it's a good job we aren't away, Joe. <laughs> Oh goodness, yeah. Oh, it's been a long day. I yeah, we're, it really we're recording has, yeah. this at eight o'clock, half eight on a Sunday for for those listening. <laughs> well, I think um after the weekend, uh, we just just want to forget about it to be honest and move on. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, we've actually only lost three games at home this season. We've drew, I think it's like seven or something. So yeah, we seem to be a draw specialist at home. So, uh, but yeah, I'll take a win. Happy days. That'll be excellent. And I'm I'm glad. Uh, we we all got a get something from this game after that uh, pretty poor performance at the weekend okay that's the end of episode 38 of the mk1 podcast uh, thank you for listening as always um we announced today that the latest episode of mk1 meets episode with dean thornton will be coming up or recording it this week so that's look, looking forward to that um if you have any questions um feel free to send them uh we're finalising our list fairly soon, so you have to be pretty quick um, if you are looking to ask him any questions. Uh, but feel free to send them over, and we'll definitely consider them, and we'll uh, we'll let you know if we uh, you make you make the list essentially. So thank you very much for listening as always, and come on, you nonce. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.